0: All right, Rich over here for another episode of the Georgia Podcast. I've got in the studio here today the CEO and founder of PeopleLift, Tim Visconti. So, Tim, what's shaking? What are you guys doing over there?
1: We're disrupting the talent space, one startup
0: at a time. Finally, somebody needs to do that. All right, stay tuned for that coming up right now. Here we go.
2: Welcome to the Georgia Podcast, featuring the who's who and what's new in Georgia. Made possible in part by... Global Podcast Studios, offering podcast studio rentals, production, and distribution. Visit globalpodcaststudios.com. And by our friends at Serendipity Labs, co-working, private offices, and more. True inspiration at work. Learn more at serendipitylabs.com. Now join Rich Casanova, broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel Studios in Atlanta and worldwide across the PBC syndicated networks. All right,
0: we are ready, locked and loaded for another episode of the Georgia Podcast. Rich over here, and we're going to be talking uh, all things uh, talent. Uh, if your business is looking for talent, needs new talent, uh, has talent questions, issues, needs to disrupt someone in the talent space, we've got the man. We've got the disruptor right now. So, uh, before, Tim, before we jump into the conversation, uh, just a quick side note about or a bio about Tim. So, your 10 years experience in the talent consulting space, you've built eight startups. Whoa. Um, and working is this your ninth then, or is this eight and counting? Or um, well, so since
1: we sent that in, I've actually picked up two more that we're working <laughs> with right now. I've got the scars and the, <laughs> yeah. the the lines on my head to prove it. Right.
0: Well, we have the medical staff here exactly. to back just to back to up, up for your, your next range. startup in the next room. Uh, we'll we'll do a blood test before you leave. All right. So uh, you've worked in executive roles in addition to your. 10 startups now, uh, and executive roles in three Fortune 500 companies. Mm-hmm. You've worked primarily in web e-commerce but organizations, but also been in the auto, real estate, banking, telecom, and hospitality industries. Did we leave anything off the list? Yeah, basically everything across <laughs> right. the board. Right. <laughs> All right. We'll talk podcasting, add that to the list yeah, here exactly. pretty soon. All right. So your passion is uh, solving business problems, as we mentioned, helping reframe how HR can positively empower early stage organizations as they're... As a prime for growth, uh, Tim is currently, the, as I mentioned, the founder and CEO of People Lift, a talent consulting firm born from the idea of productizing talent functions and helping companies scale. That's what—that's uh, the operative word right there. Because you—it's easy to not easy, but it's one thing to do a startup, get a cool T-shirt, right, mm. <laughs> and get off the ground, but taking it beyond that—that uh, that two-person, the co-founder team and organization. Um, and entering into, I want to, uh, in the bio is include this conversation about the gig-based economy, which mm-hmm. is enormous right now, right? And so finally, you married in 2018. Congratulations on that. You have a four-legged daughter named Layla. It's a golden retriever. <laughs> and you're also, this is interesting, as, I'm, as I grab my from my cup of coffee, you're an aspiring coffee aficionado. Let's talk that first. Let's talk coffee.
1: Let's talk coffee. Well, then there you go. We can, we'll burn the entire podcast. <laughs> exactly. We're talking about this. <laughs> Uh, So that all started when I was in the restaurant business when I was working Mm -hmm. and going to school full time and I realized that four hours of sleep wasn't going to cut it if I was going to keep scholarships and then obviously be able to be enjoy my experience as a college student. Right, right. Started off with one cup of espresso and then I realized I was shaking afterwards (laughs) and I had been hooked ever since and realizing, you know, being introduced to the varieties around the world and we just got back from Europe not too long ago and that's what fueled it as we go. So it was wine, pasta, coffee, rinse, uh, rinse and repeat for about two weeks.
0: <laughs> nice. That's another book or whatever. Hey, yeah. There we That's go. The That's other a... book. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so, so I'm. I enjoy my coffee, but I don't consider myself an aficionado. So, um, all right. So uh, we mentioned a little bit about your story uh, before we get into your current uh, venture. What are some? Uh, what's on the short list of some of these other startups? What went well in some of these? And uh, so tell us some success. And you mentioned the scars. Some of the scars.
1: Sure. And, and that's one of the the areas that I think a lot of folks genuinely don't want to discuss right. is where they've absolutely failed. So I'll start there because it's something that I wear is called a badge of honor, right. if you will the The startup that had the most funding, the most traction, the biggest marketplace opportunity, and the smartest people I've ever worked with was the one that had the absolute worst failure wow and we because we we took out the and what we really incorporated this as a part of the business thesis that ended up becoming the reason why peoplelift has been growing so uh so well over the past few years is the fact that we assumed by sticking the smartest people in the room despite their personality, despite how they may fit in a team, and ignoring culture, just sticking intelligence into a room and expecting magic to happen. What we had were 10,000 great ideas, but nothing we could deliver to our investors. And in the end, all that's where the funding fell short. So where we the biggest learning was bringing culture to the very first discussion and making that part of your day-to-day, which is an interesting space because there isn't, a recipe for culture. It's right. It's innate. It ends up kind of changing and shifting as you grow as an organization. So how do you build that in as a tenant when it's not something that you can measure day to day? And that's really where people lift and where the disruptions coming in the talent space, because there's a lot of great companies that are looking at this and saying, we can measure this. Right. How can we take this data and make, and make it uh, scalable and uh, more importantly effective for the SMB world because I'm not going after to try to help Microsoft gain market share here right. you know <laughs> Apple's got <laughs> enough cash itself to buy countries Amazon's uh, good uh, right Amazon's <laughs> just fine <laughs> but it's it's the it's a scrappy entrepreneur right, yeah. that is priced out of a, a heavy duty consulting firm that's saying I have something great how do I keep control of my business but at the same time make sure that We're doing the right things for our employees and then hiring the best people because that's the biggest crunch right now. As great as the market is, it's great for big brand companies. It's really hard for small uh, SMBs and startups at this
0: point. So are we talking fractional services as part of your business model here? That's
1: exactly where we're at. So the the fractional CMO, COO, CFO, CEO is a very well-established business model. But they, there was a glaring gap. There was one C, fractional uh, chief human resources officer that I found globally right. on GIGX when I was running through this. And it just seemed like an excellent opportunity to say, well, now we've reinforced the idea that people are not going to be fractionally or, or, or should be brought to the, uh, the, uh, the, the business center as, right. a, as, a, as a forefront. But more importantly, there is a great opportunity for me. Right. Because this is what I do. This is what I'm passionate about. And I've seen over the past six months, at least 300 other CHROs that have said, hey, is, how is this working for you? Right. Should I put my hat in? And I've seen yeah. it grow it exponentially from there.
0: Wow, that's crazy. And back to your earlier point about putting the right people in the room, according to their LinkedIn profile, or if people still use resumes, I'm not sure, but uh, right. But on paper, it, it it looks like a perfect, this is going to be a win, right? Mm-hmm. But it's um. I, if you can use like a sports analogy it's like um you know you go through the draft and so forth and all indications are this is going to be a winning team but what you don't uh, you can't anticipate or it's a lot of organizations i guess don't and that's where maybe you come into play is how are all those rock stars going to uh, work together mm-hmm. are they going to complement is going to be a conflict or complement right exactly and um and all those skill sets are uh, you know are are Apropos to that venture, yes or yes?
1: Absolutely. It, <laughs> I think Bill Belichick is a great way of right. looking at this in the New England Patriots. Yeah. How are they able to consistently, with swapping and talent right. in and out, win and dominate? And then if you look at this, I kind of take the Bill Belichick analogy, and then I also look at it from more of a military analogy. <clears throat> when they're building optimal teams, the seal-based strategy. Right. You hire, you bring in, you incorporate different levels of personalities and type A's and different amounts of leadership right. within each function, but then you empower experts to do their job effectively. And I found that what Bill Belichick, while he has very firm lines around what he expects in a day-to-day and a very firm structure, he puts people in a position to su- succeed based off of the skills that they bring to the table. So it's the identification of the skills on the front end, which right. is where HR really needs a lot of help. But then at the second bit is to make sure that they have a big enough sandbox to be successful. And that's where a lot of organizations end up losing that that focus because we have to drive revenue. We have to in- drop our operations costs. But at the same time, what you're doing is you're asking people to usually to do more with less, which causes that stress and those breaking points where if the smart organizations are starting to look at that and saying, maybe we should. Think about our people as a, a huge part of our business strategy.
0: Right, right. But, um, I mean, it's it's um, developing that playbook, mm-hmm. but giving some people latitude. But you know, I, I think a lot. Of, I don't know if you agree to this or not, but many organizations bring in the person and then they try to you know uh, reshape them to fit into um, the widget or the, the uh, pigeonhole that they've that they have a need for. But that's not the right person.
1: Exactly, and that to me is one of the biggest kind of. Uh, I would say areas that I want to look at and say, there's a functional reason why we need to put you in a box. right? But at the same time, if we're making that, we're making those boxes smaller and smaller and right. smaller, which is counterintuitive to what we're asking people to do in the marketplace anyway. So what's more important to me in the long term is understanding that There are ways of expanding, and there are certain things that we need to be more flexible on. And that's where HR, because we're so heavily rooted in compliance and making sure we don't get sued, that we actually are missing out on massive opportunities to let people really grow. And that's one of the biggest things that we've seen in the startups we're working for, is identifying a high-potential employee that they were getting ready to leave or getting ready to exit or not identifying those folks that are potentially going to leave your organization. And they're shocked, like, oh, right. this person could provide value or this person's about to leave. Right. You're not paying attention. That's not, that's not a fault of anybody. I right. Mean, and, and the CEOs and CFOs, we're all so busy day to day. Biggest thing to me is just taking that off your plate and empowering an organization like ours to say, let us worry about talent. Let's take that pain away for you. You do your job. We will empower yours and, and, and create a, a better success track for you.
0: Okay, we're going to talk uh, industry and trends here in a second, but first of all, uh give us um a, an overview or a deep dive on your product and your service. What does that look like when a company engages you? What, what's the range? Uh, what do you do, and you, what, you, what uh, as well as what you don't do?
1: Sure thing. So one of the the fascinating parts that, just like every other startup that I've ever worked with, is we get asked to do a whole bunch of things that are not in our core area of delivery. So right. the two the two areas that we deliver exceptionally well are employee experience building, which is quantifying your talent uh, your talent journey from brand unaware. To your last day so there's we've we've looked at roughly about 120 125 or so data points that can help us empower you to be looking at what's then our industry is now calling employee experience which is wonderful that's right. that consultant track so that is recruiting retention and the intelligence that goes along with it the second bit is the startup empowerment track which is an interesting bit because that's advisory capacity so right. In, in an hour from now, I'm going to be going through a funding round. And then okay. t- and tomorrow, I'm going to be looking at trying to help an organization go through a successful exit. So we're being asked to do all of these different things right. because we're bringing something unique to the table on a day-to-day basis. So I'll tell you that as our business grows, we're fighting that same thing. Where we're trying to keep ourselves in a relatively small box. Right. at the same time, we're, we're happy to take on uh, these different challenges day-to-day.
0: Well, that's pretty awesome, for, especially uh, you mentioned startup. Uh, they have so much, every business has so many spinning plates that they're, uh, that they should be focused on. And I think it's an interesting perspective to bring in a consultant or an organization that can manage and oversee what's working uh, talent-wise within the organization, and they can focus on what, you know, what they need to focus on, right?
1: I think you hit the big one, because the one, uh, I grew up, working for organizations that were in the private equity space. So we right. were either owned. So we were heavily focused on margin. We're heavily focused on, you know, customer acquisition, all the costs associated with that. But one of the areas that we never talked about in board meetings was your your talent functions. Right. So what, that's what we really positioned ourselves as being an advisory capacity for those p- PE firms or those right. angel funds that are going to say, hey, how can we best leverage the dollars you're putting in here by looking at your most important resources, which are your people on right. a day-to-day basis? It seems that should not be a new concept, right, right. but we're finding <laughs> out that that is a very new idea for a lot of people, especially in organizations and in parts of <clears throat> in different verticals that have typically not brought talent strategy to the forefront.
0: Um, yeah, earlier in your bio, you mentioned, uh, the idea of productizing talent. Sure. Um, talk to us about that. Products. Cause it sounds <laughs> it's a
1: super nebulous term. And, <laughs> right. and, and I, and I say that even when I, when we were putting it on there, it's like, that's an interesting way. The reason why I have that is I was born and bred in product in, in the idea of, and experience and creating a delightful A to B to C all the way to purchase. So the right. path to purchase is something I've been, you know, really groomed in. And so how do you translate that into HR? Well, recruiting's pretty straightforward. Right. That is from brand unaware to your first day. But that's where we drop you off. It's like, bye-bye, yeah, good, yeah. good luck, right. hope, hope you survive. <laughs> right. And what exactly. we have found is that it's a terrible <laughs> way of doing business. Right. And then HR is sitting there saying, we don't have this data for this person we just hired. Yeah. Now we're supposed to try to keep them here long-term within an ever-shifting business environment and, more importantly, ever-shifting employee workforce because they now managers are lasting two and a half years on a job. So now how are we supposed to groom someone in a 10-year career track when their manager is going to change four times? So it ends wow. up being this kind of... Back and forth. So the idea of productizing it is taking it down to the level of an experience. So we've got eleven different partnerships with tech firms that touch all wow. of the different types of post-hire experiences, yeah. and three different tech firms on the pre-hire. So we've created an ecosystem through partnerships and just pure, you know, handshakes and great uh, and great business deliverables right. to be able to say we have a solution for you. If it's not in our in our house, right. we can provide it for you and access to it that can solve the. The entire suite of talent problems that you're going to experience throughout your your business life cycle.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at your website now. It looks like uh, some of those are, are uh, on here as well. Uh, people that you've worked with or uh, trusted partners. Um, all right, so let's talk about industry trends. What are you seeing? You've been in the space for a while, and it's ever changing. You know, every almost you know, on a daily day-to-day basis. So uh, w- what have you seen that's um, affected the industry recently? And what do you see on the horizon, I guess? Sure thing. Uh,
1: we're about ready to get everything flipped. And that's one of the cool. things that I'm positioning this business for is to be on, on the cusp of disruption because right. there, if you have, you have your David Greens and your Adam Grant, so you have your, your research and application side of, you know, business performance, employee relations, and then taking that down to um, uh at, a psych IOs or the industrial industrial organization right. you know, uh, masters folks, and they're all saying, "Well, we have to focus on the productivity and the the happiness quotient, and then bringing right. that into performance." Well, then you have 180 companies in Singapore that are looking at automating 90 percent of the human uh, resource function. So yeah, from a chat bot that'll right. engage you to a drip campaign that'll keep you engaged to a uh, a friendly one time. Two text to uh, run you through your benefit programs. I mean, right. the idea that we have a core concept of what business will look like in five years to me is funny. So when people <laughs> are looking at this uh, hashtag future of work, right. we're all wondering what that's going to be. Yeah. There's a lot of people. So going after the, you mentioned the gig world on right. this so, yeah. it is going to, the, unfortunately, we're going to go through this kind of back and forth rubber band effect where okay. some companies are going to be early adopters right. and they're going to really do well. And then there's going to be some fast followers that are going to stretch that model into an area where it's not all that great for us. So saying, oh, well, I don't have to pay benefits for somebody, so I'm just going to go to this gig economy. and I'm just going to spin up 150 employees in 48 hours. There's good and bad on both sides of that. But one of the areas that I find most fascinating is that the more we automate, the more we want to have a human connection to it. And that's where the, and it's incredibly important for us to understand the data that's telling us this, because until we're in this fully automated world where machines are doing everything, right, right, we're going to need someone to help guide us through this journey together. And that ends up being a blend of psychology, a blend of pragmatic talent acquisition strategy, a blend of retention-based focus, and candidly, just people caring. Right. And that sounds weird to say, but caring about your employees? I mean, you look at MailChimp, not too far from here. Right. One of the best companies, no seed funds no just be able to scale their organization straight right. on through and one of the biggest things is their CEOs on an on employee level genuinely care about every day now, now was that built in was that a consultant who came in no that right. was their idea that right. was what they wanted to do Why are they the unicorn right right that, sh- that should be that should be every organization right. so maybe I'm, maybe I'm just being too simple or maybe I'm just dense but I was right. looking at this and saying that's an opportunity if there's one company, I can make billionaires out of your owners from a no seed, no fund raise that just cared. Right? Why can't we scale that? Scaling compassion, and if you and there's not related, yeah. but this is someone I really look at. So Jay Shetty has gone viral on Facebook because he is democratizing wisdom. So he's just bringing positive affirmations and positive way of approaching problem solving to the to a day to day basis. He's gone. And it's been, he's gone incredibly viral. He's been on Oprah. He's one of the fastest growing entrepreneurs out there. And his entire thesis was, I just want to show that other people will care about you. Yeah. Like, so we're capturing that energy and then bringing some practical application to it.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're kind of striking a lot of chords right there because um, today uh, in North America and beyond, there just seems to be this angst, you know, uh, ripple effect uh, globally with all this you know, uh, people just feeling kind of distraught and disconnected. And um, and whether it's technology or, you know, what's currently happening, that people don't feel connected. And so when you find that company, that organization or that culture where um, they put aside some of the technology that is really uh, it, it is amazing and it has helped us advance and just connect on a, on a personal level, it really um, it, it really wakes people up. And, I mean, I'm thinking of a couple of companies I work with. And it's a whole different experience as a customer experience when you feel like there's someone I was working actually with GoDaddy last night Mm -hmm. and I'm one of their biggest fans. They're just amazing. Their customer support, they'll stay on the phone with you. I mean, we're working on a new website. They spent, um, enormous amount of time working through my, my challenge. And, uh, whereas I had another, um, somebody I've worked with in the past and they were setting up an appointment with me and, I was responding to it, and after about the third response, I felt like I'm not. I don't think I'm actually speaking with this person. I think it's a a, a bot chat that mm-hmm. they initiated with a blast of people, right? And they're not even monitoring it. And we we fell um, uh, into that trap quite as early on using AI in the studio for scheduling and so forth. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool on paper. It was a really neat widget the way it was working, right? Um, but we had people. Uh, interacting saying, Hey, Amy has set this up and we're I'm working with Amy and they think it's a real person. Then you <laughs> feel kind of odd because there is no Amy, right? And then it's awkward when they come in and it's like, Amy was awesome. And I'm like, oh, there's really no Amy. It's, uh, it's AI, it, yeah. right?
1: I think you hit you. So when, when I was ringing a few chords, I think you, you opened up something. The reason why I started this business was recognizing that when you bring that focus of just creating a community right from day one within your organization because you're trying to create something as an entrepreneur you're trying and let's just be up front we're doing this because it's a the path it's a path towards freedom it's a path towards independence there's hopefully a great exit for you and a path towards financial you know success on this end but in the end this is why we did this because you're going to spend the vast majority of your life in working hours, especially in in, in the United States. You know, we can talk about different parts of the right. world and different types and types of view on work life. Right. That's a yeah. whole different discussion. Right. But if we looked at maximum impact, and I said, where could I actually have that? And it is every single day in the nine to 10 hours you're going to be at, at work. That's what we were looking to disrupt to make that as positive and empowering an experience as possible. And I've seen it on right. both sides. And yeah. that's, that's the, and I almost, in, in some ways I almost anchor more on that failure because that is pr- proven to me time and time again, that even if we th- believe that we're doing the right things, if we're not having that talent focus on day one and create an experience, that's going to be uplifting for everybody within right. the organization not every day. Right, yeah. But as a theme, yeah. And then it's it's not going to be as successful as it could be.
0: If you have that in place that'll get you through the tough times and help you celebrate the good times, would it right?
1: Oh, well, exactly. I mean, I've my the one example that uh, that always rings to me is that we had a deadline and I had 160 people working globally with me for this one and we were not going to hit it. Right. We were going to miss. Yeah. And we knew we were going to miss, but we were just trying to cut down the amount of mess. Right, if right, you will. Exactly, yeah. So for six weeks straight, we were working 12, 13-hour days. And wow. These are, these are you know, full-time folks. They're not getting paid for the overtime hours that they're putting in. Right. And every single day at the end, we would work ourselves basically to the point of pure exhaustion then go out and grab dinner, go out and grab drink, and then come back in at 8 o'clock in the morning and just kill it. We missed by like four hours, I think is what it ended up being. So we still got the note of like, why are we not on time? (laughs) But at the same time, it was we rallied a global workforce around a really tedious project, found success from it, and we're still together. We didn't lose anybody through that six-month, 70-hour-a-week grind. And that, to me, is a is a is a perfect example of a uh, an empowered culture,
0: right? Yeah, now. that's a testament to doing things right. So um, we got a few minutes left here. Uh, we're speaking with uh, Tim Viscani. He's the CEO founder of PeopleLift. and uh, f- folks can find you at peoplelift co
1: and com. So yeah, oh. for, for my uh, my my. Uh... <laughs> The early start, early startup pains on this one. I right. had a guy that was it was really sh- had a really com- strong belief that PeopleLift was worth a lot more money than I was really <laughs> wishing <way>. to pay. <laughs> and so we yeah, we worked out an agreement. Finally got the .dot com. So .dot com will reroute or .dot co yeah. will four hundred one redirect, but to the .dot com site. Yeah, I just
0: tested on the uh, on a monitor here. It does come up as the .dot com route sir, yeah, exactly. as well. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So PeopleLift. Uh, and that's spelled lift correctly. Yeah. L I F T. Yeah. And so I had
1: someone ask me, is this people Uber? And I was like, wow, that's well, a good I way. didn't even think right. about it. Right? I was like, it's all about lifting others together and right, challenging exactly, the ecosystem. Yeah. I wasn't thinking about well, rideshare. But, <laughs> right. but
0: it will help you get you where you need to go. Valid. And, yeah, yeah. I, and
1: that's where I was like, okay, where am I going to have a bra- it's, it's talent. A tra- it's talent
0: transportation. <laughs> that's what, the business you're in. Yeah. I, Write I, that I, one yeah. down. Here yeah. we go. We have the pens in the notes. Yeah. We're moving talent. Virtually inspirational and functional, right? Moving so, them in all directions.
1: So I'm gonna give, give you a rip off of that that marketing spend that we go right. All now. right, <laughs> nice. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. All right. So we got a few minutes left. We're gonna talk about uh, your mission, overall big picture, uh, what you guys are wanting to, uh, you know, to make an impact on, and uh, maybe a scoop on what's next. Um. So Tim, talk to us about uh, the big picture. So
1: big picture is we're. We've noticed the two big uh, two big splits, the schisms, if you will, in the marketplace is that one we have a great time in in terms of the economic system, uh, economic uh, environment of huge the opportunity right now to be an entrepreneur. Right at the same time, there is a massive price point, and it excludes vast majority of startups from being able to be successful, at least have access to. Minds and then different points of view and strategies and technologies that will empower them to be successful. The vast majority of startups that I speak with are just trying to get off the ground. And you realize that two or three key little uh, adjustments could help them really find some success path. But you're not going to get that at a you know, Accenture or Deloitte. You're going right. to spend a you know, hundred grand to just get a nice little PowerPoint. Nothing right. against them on this right. end because they do great work at the enterprise level. But there's nothing at the SMB. Right. So that our, that the entire focus is is to be able to say we've got the background, we've done this, we've been through the pain. How can we help lift your your business up and help scale it? But then at the second bit is to keep human within the resource function we we can rebrand ourselves as people operations we can rebrand ourselves as employee experience consultants we can do all of these things But at the end, all we still need that genuine human connection on a day to day basis, even on a remote workforce that is still absolutely possible. We've seen some great companies do that. So keeping human within this function and those two interesting kind of overlaps has really brought us to the forefront of being able to say, hey, we're we're able to do a lot of different things for you. We're experts at helping grow your business at the same time. If we can't answer a great question for you, we have a one-degree connection of millions of people that are willing to help in this space, whether it's fractional executives, like right. we mentioned earlier, or just the folks I've worked with over the past 10, 12 years that touch all the verticals you're looking at that just genuinely want to help.
0: So a c- couple of quick uh, rapid-fire questions here. So what uh, what's a balance between the talent that you're you know, uh, working with or helping uh, further along the process of – the SMBs versus uh, startups. Yes. I mean, like an existing right. company that's been around for a while. Sure. W- where's the balance there? What are the roughly the percentages?
1: I would say 70-30 of SMBs versus startups at this okay. point, um, because yeah, you know, candidly, there's a, a lot of startups that don't ask that question until they become a little right. bit more successful. We're trying right. to a- we're trying to empower folks to ask questions earlier in that process. Okay, um, but it, currently about seventy thirty is our okay. client
0: base. And what's another percentage here? Uh, Of the talent pool, if you will, or the folks you're working with, uh, where does it fall between uh, the freelancers, um, I mean, the gig economy people, as opposed to the established, the folks that are, you know, looking for a new uh, uh, opportunity,
1: The majority of the folks, I actually do both, which I find okay. out, I love it because I got folks that are working their job and they're building a startup and they're actually right. working independently. So I've okay. got a bunch of type A workaholics right. that go along with me. <laughs> so I get along with right. them exactly. really yeah. well. Uh, but yeah, I would say that's closer to 80-20 because okay. they're recognizing that one, multiple streams of income is the fastest way you're going to you know, create financial freedom. And then the second bit is more important is that there's a lot of risk early stage. And when you're doing this, if you want to go all in, you better have some, at least a quick path to revenue within 12 to 18 months. And wow. so those folks are looking at this and saying, hey, maybe I can do some work to put uh, pay some bills while I'm doing this, which I highly encourage. Because even when I first started the business, I was doing the same thing. I was right. working three uh, fractional based roles at the same time to just get this idea off the ground.
0: Cool. So, uh, and then finally, our last question is: What's next? Any uh, scoops, or what's your next uh, milestone sure. you want to achieve?
1: Sure. So the big, the milestone that we like to do uh, for me is to get. It's called ten and ten. So, we want to get ten startups to ten million and raise or more, and that that to me is a is a big goal because you're looking at helping hundreds of people find a different path towards success. But what's really interesting about that is that if we get one, you know, one debt, 100 million, great, that counts as your 1010. But I really want to look at this and be able to say to some of these larger consulting firms that there is real value at bringing this to the forefront of your investment strategy, Be able to say long term that there's a lot of people you're missing out on investing on because they're not hitting XYZ they're just a few tweaks away, right. and they're so busy. These PEs and these angels are getting right. inundated with so many pitches, oh, yeah. and they just need a little bit of an adjustment and right. to help them get there. So if we get, we get that 10-10 strategy down, then there's going to be a lot more access to these, for these startups to get uh, in front of these firms.
0: So not 10x, but 10 10 by 10. I, yeah. lo- I,
1: love, I love 10 Extract. Yeah. It's, it's a great buzzword, but uh, let's, well, we also have to operate in a world of realism right here. I hear you.
0: All right, we're going to get back to the reality now. So uh, this wraps up this episode of the Georgia Podcast. Tim, thanks for being a guest on the show. And uh, one more time, people would find you on the internet or their device. Uh, how would they find you on one of their devices? Yeah. Sure, peoplelift.com
1: or .co, whichever way, since we work through that, or at liftpeople.com on Twitter, as well as Instagram, Facebook.
0: Awesome. We'll see you next time. Thank you.
2: On behalf of the Pro Business Channel, we thank you for listening to the Georgia Podcast, featuring the who's who and what's new in Georgia. Made possible in part by Global Podcast Studios, offering podcast studio rentals, production and distribution. Visit globalpodcaststudios.com. And by our friends at Serendipity Labs, co-working, private offices, and more. True inspiration at work. Learn more at serendipitylabs.com. Join Rich Casanova for the next Georgia podcast and download on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more.